Hi guys, due to the coronavirus outbreak, we were unable to see the screening of A Quiet Place 2 last week. So this podcast discusses modern horror and four major players in the genre. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, please give us a follow on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on our Instagram at The Full Feature. Cheers guys, talk soon. talking about modern horror films so uh, we um, picked four films they all just happen to be the same production company but also produced two of the other films we talked about in a couple of the last episodes but we picked Hereditary Midsummer, The Witch or Witch The Witch (laughs) (laughs) and The Lighthouse so uh, Ian what did you think of The Lighthouse let's kick it off with the most uh, okay most recent one you know this one was hyped up a lot there was a lot of talk about The Lighthouse yeah Uh, yeah. and again we should mention that the studio is A24 the only type of studio that will make these movies anymore Mm -hmm. at least they're trying something new exactly I mean it doesn't always hit but um, to be honest with you I was a little bit disappointed with The Lighthouse and that's someone who wasn't particularly a fan of The Witch either so it's Robert Eggers' second movie, and it's basically, it's, it really is just Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson for the yeah, whole movie. The I mean, there, there's a few kind of small roles in it, but it's really just them. Is there even? The Mermaid and... The Mermaid, yeah. You know, yeah. The two mermaid, lads yeah. who walk yeah, by yeah, them at walk, the start yeah. of the play. The seagulls. Yeah. The seagulls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, look, it, it's, it's a difficult watch. I think... Especially the dialogue. The dialogue's based off 1890s. Yeah, and the accents were really, really particular. Like, yeah, it's like Patton, Ahab. Like, yeah, oh, Mr. Krabs. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and I mean, I liked a lot of elements of it. It's these two guys marooned on this godforsaken island. island like, yeah. And um, I love some of the undertones and stuff, and the performances were, were yeah, great, I would say. Really good, but uh, I couldn't figure out whether this was a horror movie or not. Uh, I think it has elements of a horror film. It's got like horror, thriller, kind of weirdly sexual. So There's sexual. Some, so yeah, sexual. So, so much vagina sexual. imagery yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Um, when let's not forget the ultimate phallic symbol, the lighthouse. The lighthouse. kept <laughs> on like popping into his head while he was wanking. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot, there's a lot of wanking in this movie. There was a lot of wanking, yeah. And I, I love like the scene where like Willem Dafoe's wanking at the top of the lighthouse and like Robert Pattinson's under him and the like the jizz comes through the grain yeah. <laughs> and, and Robert Pattinson like stands forward in order to be under the jizz <laughs> and, and then of course uh, Willem Dafoe turns into a big slimy octopus yeah I mean that this is the thing so this is not something I would recommend straight off the bat I know we're going to get to that at the end but it is not a movie I think I could recommend to, especially to your, your average film goer it is especially just... to your parents <laughs> 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 but I mean it's I, I think it's meant to not be accessible. I well, think. well, so it's about these two. It's set in like what? 1890. New England, yeah. yeah. Uh, Robert Pattinson was working up in Canada. Um, he was a logger. He was a logger. And he then stole he someone's this, identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and, and then Willem Dafoe is life. this like, this wiki. Wiki. Yeah, a veteran wiki. A veteran wiki, as they keep using that term. And he, he he's in charge of the lighthouse. And they're just it's just so isolated and he's treating Robert Pattinson like his little bitch and he gets him to overdo every job but it's a nice dynamic at the same time though (laughs) I mean I I just love how like 
throughout the film the relationship just goes so back and forth mm. so like at one stage you think alright these are literally worst enemies to, these, these are guys are pretty chill poten- <laughs> these are potential lovers so like these are just having a great time and then like again back to oh these guys are fucking but, worst enemies yeah. <laughs> it's when they start huffing the kerosene and making like tea out of it I was like oh, okay but, I'm always like rations and yeah, they yeah. take it up and it's just fucking more well, like grain alcohol <laughs> but one thing that's, that you notice from the film straight out is that you know Robert Pattinson is like scrubbing floors to a point where it's like he has no fingernails left and like he's dragging big drums up up at this spiral staircase and reading about the film apparently it was really physically grueling like you can see in this movie they actually yeah, well, the, got the island was that isolated. It was it, isolated. It was, it was that they small. Were, they were like, working in these horrific uh, conditions. weather conditions. Yeah. It's raining all the time. It's yeah. pissing water. It's just horrible. I, I saw I saw him on Conan O'Brien, and Conan O'Brien was like, "It's Willem Dafoe," and he was like, "Why on earth would you would you pick do to this? do this film?" I mean, Michael Caine only works in like the <laughs> south of France, <laughs> and he's there picking a craggy island. Yeah. <laughs> Sixty-four oh, years old. Like. Yeah. Well, this is kind of the thing that Willem Dafoe would do. I'm right. I feel like Robert Pattinson. He's gone very. He, Willem Dafoe has gone very abstract. And yeah, well. and he's so normal. When he's you see him in the cues, yeah. you think he's going to be an absolute weirdo. He's extremely, extremely normal. But I mean, he may, he, he he has worked with Lars von Trier, who's like yeah, the weirdo. most notoriously weird director, and he was in that very yeah. weird movie Antichrist, which we can get into on another day. <laughs> but that has some fucking weird shit in it. He was also the Green Goblin. It's, he was the Green Goblin. <laughs> the last in the Green Goblin. So he can Goblin. do both ends of the yeah. spectrum. <laughs> oh, he's an Aquaman as well. He is an Aquaman. Aquaman. That is true. Well. And like, a at massive the same time, meme as well. He's one of the biggest he memes ever. He is a massive meme, yeah. I'm yeah. somewhat of a scientist myself. Yourself, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we, we can't like skip over this film. Like Obviously, the, the content is a bit strange it's a bit out there it's not for everyone but just how it's filmed is so beautiful it's yeah beautiful. it's amazing it's, it's one amazing. of the most nicest looking films I've ever seen and it's like it looks like a painting at sometimes mm. when Willem Dafoe was like remember he's like you love me lobster don't you <laughs> that oh, was beautiful yeah, that, that was, was amazing beautiful. And it looked like a painting it looked it like really a painting and, it was and, insane and it, you know it's it's shot in I think it's a 1.19 to 1 aspect ratio. So it's, it's 33 it's, millimeter. It's 33mm camera is completely black and white. It's for every frame, you can tell the detail went into it. They framed yeah. everything to look. And it's so yeah, perfect. And the noir setting as well, and they used uh, like all these lights. They're it feels like a movie from the, the early 1900s. They're specifically meant to be intense as mm. well, which is which is really cool. Like the the roaring fire, mm. or like the reflection off the oil. Yeah. In yeah. with the sun, and it's like a really intense noir light. I was just thinking, it was like lighting a movie like that must have been an absolute nightmare. nightmare. Awful. Like shoot, first of all, shooting in those horrible conditions Cause Cause, yeah. in black and white. Apparently, you need to up the lighting like. 20 times. And I feel like there was no lighting in this No, movie. yeah. It's, it's quite a dark movie. <laughs> but I, I, like, it seems as if they just went and they just created all these natural lights. Right? Like the lighthouse, for example, it's like a perfect setting because you've got this enormous light just mm. there at your disposal. That sexy, sexy light. <laughs> <laughs> it drives two men to masturbate the hell out of yeah. each other. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I struggled with, I think uh, there was a few pacing problems with it, I think. And, Robert Eggers is that type of filmmaker. This is only a second film. He takes his time with his movies. The Witch is the exact same. Yeah. Slow burners. Um, even though I think The Lighthouse gets into it a little bit quicker. 
Lighthouse has a bit of like background and a yeah, bit of story, yeah. a story to it. Like, I mean, you do learn about the characters, whereas mm. The Witch is very much like it's up to your. We don't care if you don't know. You know? Yeah, we're, yeah, <laughs> we're just presenting this with you. I think it doesn't. It certainly doesn't follow a traditional story structure, and like I think more so than a horror movie. And I think this is what the other movies we'll talk about: Hereditary and Midsummer. Uh, get so right is they're not so much horror movies. They're like they make you uneasy. Yeah, disturbing. Disturbing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like this is what horror films and thrillers are going to go for in the future because we've had so many years of jump scares and screams paranormal and paranormal activity. And oh no, just, what was that? <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's not working on audiences anymore. Mm. I feel like yeah. this kind of new age of horror. I'm really enjoying it. I can't wait what it has for the future. But uh, I really enjoyed like Midsummer and Hereditary. One of my two not horror films, but kind of disturbing yeah. films. I f- sense I feel of like unease throughout. You know, it's more so about like artistic expression, which is really c- cool because it's you can like tell the only four lets them do what they want. Yeah, it's like the only like kind of genre that's doing it. Mm. You know, because obviously it, horror became a bit of a cash cow in the last while. They roll out the films that are the exact same as the last one and I mean it's hard to put these films in the same genre as like Scream yeah or like you know like technically Scream Scream's is a horror movie film, oh it? I love Scream <laughs> no exactly they're, they're, they're two complete, they offer the viewer two completely different things perspectives uh, perspe- yeah. and you know I, I, I love a good slasher but you're right Jack like like horror movies have gone through a bad period and I think this yeah, stems right the, back the, to the, the early the 2000s were... early 2000s into the 10s it was just Crap. Found footage mm. is the worst thing that's happened to it. Well, it was great once or twice. Well, uh, Paranormal Activity was a masterpiece. Yeah, I'm okay. Um, masterpiece. Okay. I think it was a low budget masterpiece. I it's think the that most boring movie. It I've was ever terrifying. Seen. But it is terrifying. It no, that movie scares the shit out of me. But the first one. The fact that it's yeah. boring is what gets you. A chandelier moves. That's all the only thing that happens. Yeah, and then at the end she's getting dragged out to bed like a maniac, and then she's there standing in the stairs just looking at your man. Uh, <laughs> I don't do you know. Remember that scene in the first one when like the priest comes in and he's like the worst actor ever, and he's like <laughs> he's like oh. I can't be here anymore. <laughs> Don't talk to me. No, leave me alone. <laughs> Took me right out of that. That had like the same budget as like most short films. So uh, yeah, I don't know. True, I, true. I gotta give it credit to be honest. But like horror movies were so like, like, like I they always went for the teen market. It's like, oh, let's get teens and they'll watch this and they'll be scared. Bring your girlfriend and yeah, get scared again. But that's it. They're trying to get teens to the cinema. Exactly. I don't know if you've been to a horror movie and in the cinema. It's awful. It's, it's the full worst of teens. experience it's just, ever. It's full of teens. Someone threw weed at me in the last time. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Annabelle 2 and someone threw weed at me. I was like, great. Annabelle. Uh, although I will defend Annabelle 2 because that was directed by David F. Sandberg who made Shazam. And he's not a bad director. He's not a bad director. There you Shazam, go. Shazam, Shazam, Shazam's not a great film. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not like Shazam? No. no. It was the best of the. It was the best of a bad no. bunch. Best of a bad bunch is still well, god awful. That's, whoa. <laughs> Shazam is not god awful. No, I, I don't. I don't know. I have it. I have it. Uh, ups and downs. Mostly it's, it's downs. A fun, it's it's. Uh, well, we it's need, kind we of need, funny. We need, it's kind to, of funny. we need to talk about this another time because yeah, I gotta, I gotta, the Shazam debate. <laughs> I got a hot topic for twenty twenty. But it is kind of funny how we've seen her, like because her in like the mid twentieth century, you had like Psycho, Exorcist, you had Rosemary's Baby, and all of these things that were really like very diversified. Gra- or like Gra- Dracula, yeah, Gra- like monster films, demon films, slasher films, and they all kind of set the tone. I think as well, horror is one of the most difficult genres to master. And I think I think you you know it's it's 
drama is probably the easiest or thriller or, or things like that they're I mean these, these are generalizations but I, I, I've often heard like if you can make a, a comedy movie and make it funny and make a horror movie and make it scary you can make any yeah. movie like there's so much there is technique that goes into it there's style there is tone there is like I mean not only <clears throat> excuse me do you want to convey horror through like your cinematography and how you film a movie but like your actors performances and things like that and there's so much to do with horror and this it's so layered and it's so it's such a wide genre as we said you can go from slashers to like yeah. to the movies we're talking about today like and they can be psychological or they can just be jump out and scare you but but it is like the way it did evolve obviously like it kind of did focus on slashers for a lot of the 90s and like moved up through the demonic jump scares uh, uh, and now we're getting into this abstract like almost expressionism like it feels very like it feels very 60s <laughs> something like Roman Polanski would have come out with in the 60s more like setting like, the atmosphere yeah, yeah. and the mood of the film rather than showing you like blood and guts but and I gore. thought I think there was a lot more like substance to those old films <clears throat> whereas I feel like this is more about like a fluid stream of hallucinatory consciousness that was I think you've hit the nail on the head and I think that's what took the enjoyment out of it for me like Lighthouse felt a lot like a Samuel Beckett play it was very much like just two people losing just two people losing their mind getting fucking pissed but did you read into any of like the what the director said about it or like what it was meant to represent well like it, it goes back to Greek mythology, doesn't it? And, and apparently, he's yeah. meant to be Prometheus. Based off of yeah, that, yeah. yeah, and Prometheus. I mean, that's fine. I but I, I thought, I, like, I get, I get, like, you can fucking call a spade a spade and stuff like that. But I, I thought it was cool the way, like, Prometheus went. He stole the fire from Olympus and was punished for eternity. An eagle returned every day to eat his liver. Mm. And then you see Robert Pattinson lying getting, across the river after going up to the lighthouse, getting eaten by the seagulls. I mean, th- that's all I can say about this movie, though. I mean, if you want to describe it, it's just two people losing their minds, and you just kind of—it's a series of like those these 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 sequences, and are they dream sequences or yeah. are they like actually happening and stuff? Can we talk about Robert Pattinson absolutely smashing up that seagull? The seagull I was just oh, saying, yeah. that. I, I couldn't, I couldn't stop myself from laughing. It was, it I thought was, it was incredible. It was class. <laughs> As people who live in Dublin. That was the most satisfying thing yeah. to watch. <laughs> like, every time you get a bag of chips, you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he fucked that seagull off. He does not like, hold back. And I love how he d- didn't care about what Willem Dafoe said. Because Willem Dafoe, like five minutes earlier, was like, hey, you can't be doing that to mm. seagulls. Well, that actually comes from, I was reading about this, that comes from apparently an old sea shanty that um, seagulls hold the souls of uh, dead, dead sailors. Yeah. Yeah. Dead sailors. And... Uh, that that's kind of implied in the movie. You know, you see Robert Pattinson is getting in the. Uh, well, he says it in the movie. He's, yeah, but when when Robert Pattinson is uh, pulling up, is the, pulling the, up the, the thing. The room, in, in, there's, a, there's a guy's head in it, and it's missing an eye, and then there's a seagull that's with a missing, missing eye. eye. That's meant to be his yeah. soul, and yeah, I mean, there's there's all these nice little things that you can enjoy in the film. And well, I think it's just them losing their mind. That's all it is. I would have preferred it if these things actually were happening. And there was kind of a payoff at the end. I kind of felt There's cheated. No There's no well, payoff. you see, it is kind of like reading like like some of the old modernist writers like Joyce, and like while you're reading it, you're like, "This is total shit," and like it is. It's total shit. Like Joyce goes on about farts more than any person in the world, and Willem Dafoe farts away in this film. <laughs> he does. But people will read more into it than it is, and I suppose that's kind of 
part of the reason for these films. I think because it got so much buzz as like a horror movie. I, I, I mean, I think people would go into this thinking it's a straightforward horror movie, and it's absolutely not. It's, no, it's and it, that will take away from your enjoyment if you want to if you want to watch some sort of a story. It's first, it's just really nice visually. It kind of reminded me of. Did you ever hear of this movie, Begotten, years ago? No. Basically. It's re- it's stupid, and people consider it one of the most disturbing movies ever. It's really not. It's but it's just a, it was just a, a series of these black and white shots shot in like some of the grainiest footage ever, and they just staged these kind of like really creepy looking visuals, and that's all it is. And I kind of got that feeling of it. Like there's parts in it where it's like these are just creepy visuals that are just and I'm just getting taken through them for the next five or ten minutes, and then there'll be an exchange of dialogue, and then something weird will happen. Yeah. Like. Uh, Fair enough. I, there was one thing that I did like uh, towards the end when Robert Pattinson is staring into the into the light of the lighthouse and uh, screaming his head off. Yeah, and that was really great. I thought the sound design in the movie was it was excellent. And it was I think like the ship's horn. Yeah, and the the, the, the sound design was in, in, the in most all four of thing. these movies is incredible. Yeah, like we'll get into I'll get into Midsummer and stuff more where I think it was the best, but. It's then, all very cluttered. Yeah, yeah, and but like I mean, you, you hear like every I watched a lot of these with headphones, and like you hear every sound. You can tell there was a lot of effort put into the yeah. sound in these movies and the design. But when Robert Pattinson like falls down the big spiral staircase and he's like spiraling down to this like horrific end, like there's nice things about it, but I don't know. Well, I thought the acting was unbelievable, top tier acting. Uh, I'm a huge fan of both of the actors, mm. but uh, I I just kind of feel like it that there wasn't enough payoff for me. Hmm. Um, I I think it's worth a watch but it's it, if you're going in there thinking that you're going to get you, you know a good payoff a good horror story it's not really like that it's kind of a mesh of a couple of genres thrown in there with some amazing act, uh, acting and visuals yeah I mean you, you, like you can appreciate elements of it but I, I struggle to call this a movie a horror movie I liked it I just I just these types of films they're not for me I, I just I, I, it's not that I like a more straightforward film but like I'm like you I like payoff in my film a story I, I like a story uh, and this film didn't have that but as far as all of these films go I don't think they really have that that's probably true as well so when it comes to like the visuals the sound I, th- I think this film it just it's that step ahead of most of the other films I've seen in this kind of new wave genre mm-hmm. Mm-hmm of her and I, I, I really liked that I thought it was I thought the acting was a, a lot at a much higher level than the other films yeah 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 100%. and again like the sound design and the, visual, the visuals I just thought it was good so let's talk about then The Witch then in comparison you're yeah, to... talking about disturbing films <laughs> yeah what a fucking roller coaster <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of The Witch Jack yeah I think it's okay Um, it's fine very slow burner very uh, slow burner it's, it's just got one of those depressing endings again I mean I was thinking when like, I was watching oh, okay. it it's, it's 90 minutes long and it felt like I've been watching it for 3 hours and then when I was watching Midsummer, that's 2.5 hours and it only felt like about an hour like mm. that movie kept me like going like kept me second guessing like The Witch is a tough, tough watch tough watch it's like even from the get go it's all about like paganism and like getting banished from your community and the visuals are so dread Adam and Eve yeah yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of biblical undertones with it so it's about this this, I like the goat man (laughs) which is a real goat which I was very impressed by what the the goat in that (laughs) (laughs) real goat Black Phillip is a real goat and apparently Robert Eggers wanted to include him so much more 
in the script but the goat was ridiculously badly behaved so they cut out a large <laughs> chunk of his seat goats are pricks like, man have you ever met a goat all they do is try to eat you they want to eat your jumper they're ballsy bastards like <clears throat> but it's it's this like new, it's like New England no sorry this like English family back in like 1300s I'm gonna yeah, say 1300s, like, yeah 1300s yeah they're they're like Puritans, ze- Puritans like zealous zealous fucking religion real serious questions everything is sinful they've been excuse me banished banished from their, their plantation town. their plantation sorry yeah and they have to live on their own and it's 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 a movie if anything is more about paranoia it's kind of got that like that 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 fear that there is a witch people that believed these things people yeah, believed the witch witches did it. exist the witch yeah. did it exactly and it, it this is set before the Salem witch trials I think the Salem witch trials came then in the, in the 1400s yeah. and obviously these things would have been building up and so you have Chris Finch from The Office yeah. you have Leanna Stark from uh, no not Leanna Stark what, well, who was she again um, uh, Leanna Mormont no uh, in, in Game of Thrones uh, isn't uh, the father Catelyn's sister what's her name again Catelyn's sister oh <laughs> breastfeeds Liza Liza uh, yeah. Liza Aaron yeah she also breastfeeds in this movie um, isn't that crow it's a crow yeah. it's a crow yeah, towards, uh, yeah, yeah it is a crow yeah and that's a that's a scene that I, I find real gross and nice though so I, I just think it's like it's just a cool disgusting scene it that belongs is, to it one is. of these I, th- I think the witch kind of delivers a little bit more on that kind of thing and like I mean Stephen King said it was one of the most terrifying movies he's ever seen I mean he's so weird people though. love this movie people, people love, love this movie film. and I don't know why although if you they... read some of the IMDB reviews they are absolutely hilarious like <laughs> what the hell bro this is the least scary movie I've ever seen <laughs> Just fucking, just a fucking goat and some old <laughs> naked ladies. This is this is Anya Taylor Joy's. Uh, that's her debut. Yeah, yeah she was in Split. Yeah, I she really liked like her in Split. She's I loved her in Split. And, and she was great in the in the witch. She was good in the witch. Know, yeah. She's very good. And look, they're they're speaking in old English, which it's a task to listen to that stuff yeah. for an hour and a half. It's like the like, same in the lighthouse. It's exactly the same. Then, you know, yeah, yeah, and and that stuff is really impressive on the actors' front. And I think the family dynamic in this is really good. Like and and you know it's shot out in the woods somewhere and it's just bleak it's just dark and dreary and atmosphere th- there's a baby at the start the baby goes missing i think within the first five minutes we're gonna yeah, talk we're, about the baby we're, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about we the baby, the the baby. We, me and jack watch this together the baby. <laughs> we, we don't blame the baby it's not the baby's fault <laughs> it is the irresponsible parents of this baby <laughs> who put the put this baby forward to do a film I, I, where its penis would have a knife pointed at it <laughs> and broadcast the, it to the world. It, there, there is a really weird scene that that scene with the baby and like the person's running. Their the witch hand is the witch is touching the baby's the ba- penis. Baby, no, they don't touch the baby's they, penis. They, they, it would want to be CGI. <laughs> like. <laughs> but it, I, like people have been like, ah, it's probably a prosthetic or so. I don't think it is. We have the technology. <laughs> <laughs> but in Man of Steel, in Man of Can we do it. <laughs> in Man of Steel, didn't Kal-El like his, his penis was, was there that baby as a baby? Uh, yeah. And uh, Russell Crowe like, got to pick the baby, so he picked the baby with the biggest penis. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is weird, but that like so weird. At least there's not a witch touching it. I mean, like, imagine, imagine your parents turned around to you. They were like, "Look, 
You're the age of you were in, you were in a film when you were a newborn. <laughs> Everyone's seen your dick. <laughs> this is it. You and the baby on the Nirvana cover. <laughs> on, on the Nevermind album. You've got the most famous baby dicks in the world. I don't know. Me, me and Jack were watching that film and we were like, this is so weird that they're touching a baby's penis. I, mean, I, I don't. They don't touch the baby's penis. I rewatched it yesterday. They don't touch the baby's penis. She has her hand on the baby's chest and a knife does go near that region and then it cuts it's very dark I think he t- I, I, I think she touches <laughs> I remember being so horrified by that scene which I suppose is the nature of the points the na- nature points. of the film but like I mean please scare me in a way that doesn't involve baby's genitalia <laughs> well the movie is just so back to the actual plot of the film <laughs> um, they're just this family and so the baby goes missing and straight off they kind of um, accuse uh, the daughter, the eldest daughter, um, Anya Taylor-Joy. They accuse her of like, they kind of have a feeling she's done something odd and then there's like... She's there when everyone goes she's, missing. She's there when everything goes wrong and then of course there's the, 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 the brother and then there's two young twins and you know like she she's getting old enough to move on to another family and they're like thinking of selling her off to another family to serve her purpose <laughs> and uh, she doesn't like you know this paranoia around that and you know the brother goes to leave and they get lost in the forest and he goes missing I really like that sequence when he kind of meets the, the witch and uh, the witch in the forest and she's like the young witch and she's got like that creepy little hut and she kind of like seduces him in yeah, yeah. and then like, he's bollocks once he touches he her he is just absolutely that, that stuff did really unsettle me and I think that was really well done and you know he comes back and he's sick and he's he's bewitched and he's got this like demon in him and like I mean what's great about the movie is as well is that you can kind of take away you can be like if this back was back in like 1300s I mean he was probably just sick he probably just had the probably just had the common cold yeah <laughs> which killed millions, <laughs> millions of people yeah. <laughs> a third of Europe you got that you Bewitched. were in trouble well that's the thing like it was like oh I'll, I'll diagnose you and then treat you with a bunch of eels like do you know yeah. what I mean and, and leeches um, and I think that stuff is kind of good that you can explain a lot of the stuff that happens in the movie to just like natural stuff and then you find at the end that there is a supernatural element to it and like that like there's all the old witch in it who's like eating the goats and stuff and all yeah. it's really really creepy and stuff the tone of the the tone of the film is very creepy it's very it's, de- it's, it's very it's, it's, this one's certainly a horror movie compared yeah. to The Lighthouse yeah, yeah definitely, definitely it's more of a straightforward horror movie like I think it, it follows that structure like um did you like it better than The Lighthouse? I think I did. Did I you? actually think I enjoyed it. This, I mean, this is my least favourite. This is my least favourite of all, of all the The Lighthouse is third. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was expecting more from The Lighthouse. I don't know. That's I, fair enough. It's been hyped a lot. It's been but this film is hyped a lot as well. This film is extremely People hyped. say that this is one of the greatest horror films ever. Mm. And it's really not, it's in my not, opinion. It's anyway. not. I mean, you can't give it that title. <laughs> but it did, it did like kind of kick off this whole new abstract genre that we're yeah. going into. To, to kind of do with her yeah I mean I guess it, I guess it is I think I think Robert Eggers isn't going to deliver the, the types of movies that people think he is I think destined for yeah well like he's making The Witch and, and, and that that is a horror movie and it's this as we as you said this new wave 
and I like the way it's going. I like and I like the, the, how it makes you feel uncomfortable. And I like the stars of the cast that's in like most of these mm, films. Yeah, like, like, like films. very competent actors. Yeah, very, very you know, and doing, like recognizable faces. Like like yeah. even like mother with Javier Bardem mm, and like Ed mm, Harris, Michelle exactly, Pfeiffer, yeah. Jennifer Lawrence is the exactly, name. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's just nice to see these like really top tier actors going towards a film that's not going to make a load of money. Mm, you know, that's not just there to double its budget. Yeah. That like people are going to leave the cinema and either hate it or love it yeah. and you can kind of put your own meaning behind it as well I think as well uh, as you say with these movies like they're they're so out there that I think my problem with them is a bit as well as when something is so out there people are don't they kind of it takes a few years for you to really digest these movies if you, if you know what I mean like everyone's kind of afraid to say this is a bad movie or this is a good movie because yeah, it's a, it's a little bit like that that happened in the sixties. You know, people used to bring out movies, and it might have actually actually been absolute garbage, but it was, it was so avant garde that yeah. people were afraid to say, oh, "I don't actually know if this is a good movie or not." I don't like The Shining, for example. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Mental>. Blasphemer. <laughs> I needed it Stephen King, so there oh, you go. But Stephen King did like The Witch. <laughs> he he <laughs> so, loved The Witch. So, so there you go. Uh, I fucking yeah. hate The Witch. So. I think that these are slow and uh, there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with a slow burning movie I mean it, they're they're really nice to, to look at they're really really nice looking movies I think they're shot so <clears throat> so well but it's style over substance in my opinion 100% but I, I think, I think the same with Hereditary and Midsummer. really not so much Hereditary okay more so Midsummer. let's let's get into uh, Midsummer then yeah okay so these are directed by Ari Aster Pretty much a newcomer to the film scene as very well. Very much like Robert Egger. Like they're yeah, kind of, the two of them are very similar. The not, not dissimilar anyway. Ari Aster has a background in documentary filmmaking, I'm fairly sure. Um, his, actually, his debut, um, his debut short film, um, I'm going to get the name of it now because I did watch it. It's on YouTube and I highly recommend. It's called The Strange Thing About the Johnsons. It was his final project in film college and it got a, a proper release. So, uh, it's absolutely fucked up. I don't want to tell you anything about it, but straight away, thirty minutes. It's on YouTube. I would highly recommend you guys watch it. Watch it one hundred percent explains so much when you watch Ari Aster's other movies. Okay. A lot of Robert Eggers shorts on YouTube as well. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, I forget what they're called though. I was gonna, I was gonna watch some today, but I didn't get around. Right I wonder if he has the same kind of style where it's like he just does these kind of creepy. Well, they're yeah, they're very uh, horror oriented. Yeah, as, as far yeah. as I'm aware. Um, well, so Ari Aster's. Is Formerly, kind of a newcomer of his breakout was Hereditary, two thousand seventeen. I'm gonna say. Yeah. You've got people like Tony Collette in it, incredible. Yeah, great actress. Gabriel Byrne, one of our own. One of our own. <laughs> Fantastic in this as well, I think. And two two newcomers, Millie Shapiro and Alex Wolf. Is yeah, that his name. That's him. He, uh, has he been in anything else like I thought he had I didn't check he kind of seems recognisable but then he's also the kind of person who'd be in like 13 Reasons Why very true very 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 true they're just all the same he looks like the guy from Lion kind of oh he's in Jumanji (laughs) the new Jumanji oh he was in Jumanji Jumanji. yeah Yeah. that's what it is that's actually what I know not know him from as well that's a funny thing I probably knew him more from Jumanji (laughs) than I did (laughs) he's so sweaty in here oh he's so sweaty so sweaty and greasy the real horror in this film is personal hygiene Yeah, he, he really needs to, like, get his priorities straight in this film, doesn't he? <laughs> well, <laughs> He's just so, like, ooh, well, <laughs> So, it's about Tony Collette's family, and 
her 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 mother has died. Yeah. And um, spooky bitch. Spooky spooky bitch. And there's straight off the bat, there's like hints that the the grandmother had ties to the occult. Yeah, your man at the funeral there. Yeah, I mean, it's, smiling. <laughs> it's, it's Millie Shapiro's just trying to say goodbye there, and your man's behind. And he turns up later in the movie. Uh, naked in the car door. <laughs> oh, the two, the two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that scared the hell out of me. Th- things like that. I think oh, this is a much this more is a scary ass place. Oh no, this is really like this is more straightforward. straightforward. This is a lot more accessible. Much more accessible. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's, your, scary it's, it's more towards the bread and butter uh, horror film. Horror but film. it does have those elements of um, building of atmosphere and what the fuck just happened basically and really disturbing shit well I think what Ari Aster I think he proved this with Midsommar as well is he is incredible at writing relationships and like just stuff that like confronting a, a situation or because like, there are relationships exist in these these in the real world who go through these things that happen in these movies extremely traumatic events and there is people out there that exist and have those relationships and you have to watch these people interact move on with their lives after something like that happens so so in in Hereditary there's the daughter played by Millie Shapiro. There is Alex Wolf, and they live out in like, I mean, a wood cabin. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's this a weird is, location. It's a weird one. They live out in a wood cabin, and then Alex Alex Wolf wants to go to a party one night, and he gets a text that says, "Party in like Sarah's night. Bring, bring your, your dick. <laughs> bring your bring, dick. Bring your dick, bro. As if you forget it." <laughs> And that's like he, he just this boy is just like he's the root of all the issues in this film. He really isn't he? Is. He really yeah, you is. know they say in psychiatry that there's one person who gets blamed in the family yeah. for everything. <laughs> it's Alex Wolf in Hereditary. Yeah. I blame my family problems on Alex Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> just like swing your head out the back window <laughs> before we get into that. Um, well, yeah. Well, let's just talk about that because that's the most shocking part. That of was crazy when I first. I, yeah, when I first saw this, I was. So, if you haven't seen Hereditary, please watch it and do not listen to this. Yeah, like, skip to, to, to we'll, we'll throw in a time. Just skip about twenty minutes ahead because it is so worth it. This, this, this. What would you call this? The event. In this the, this it turns the whole <laughs> movie movie on its head. It, You're head. thinking. Yeah, on <laughs> it turns his whole head on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Well, well. It was kind of marketed that Millie Shapiro, the daughter, and it would be numero uno. Yeah, I mean, and, and like small kid, kind of creepy environment. That's so cliche. Such horror. a trope, like such a oh, trope. Look, like, the small child, kid, she like, sees yeah, demons she sees, and ghosts. She's looking in the background and stuff, and all, and like you know, it kind of sets that in tone at the start of it because they're standing outside the house and she's looking at her grandmother in the distance, and you're kind of thinking like. Right. This is going to be about her. Yeah. So Tony Collette uh, forces Alex Wolf, the son, to bring the daughter to this party. But she didn't know it was a party, did she? She did. He goes, "I'm meeting a few friends for like a oh, it was like yeah, it wasn't drinking. Yeah, like they weren't drinking. And, like he takes the car, and um, so she has a she has a nut allergy in it. Um, the daughter, which is um, mentioned like three times, three times, before. yeah. And then it really the first up. thing you see when you walk to the party is people cutting up nuts, nuts yeah. <laughs> making oh, yes, a cake because whenever you have a party it's like ooh I've got the nuts hey bro let's bake the biggest fucking cake you've ever seen bro <laughs> <laughs> to be honest all Alex Wolf does in this movie is smoke weed and make bad decisions <laughs> get his sister killed <laughs> so he he, he smokes a lo- he's smoking he, he smokes a ball bro he smokes a ball bro and he's like chilling out with these guys and then 
his little sister eats this cake and she's like having a, an allergic reaction which is a and, rotten scene and, as and well. I'm just thinking like imagine being in that situation being yeah. at a party and just freaking out and like you know and they live in like rural America like there's no hospital and no one wants anything to do with her either no because, yeah like, but she's, she's a creepy kid she's a creepy kid, yeah. little kid and, and they're all like like they're all like 17, 18. They're all listening to Kanye West and yeah. trying to fuck each other. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't forget to bring his dick. <laughs> Unfortunately, he brought his sister too. And, um, oh God. So uh, he's like freaking out, driving her home and like, you know, she can't breathe and she's like struggling to breathe and it's just horrible and he's like, the start of his profuse sweating and it's just yeah. that whole scene which doesn't just stop like, until the end of the film and you're just like Ugh. and then she sticks her head out the window to catch some air and then boom telephone pole telephone pole and she gets decapitated and it is just this movie does not hide it's nasty it does not hide. it's nasty but yeah. you know what's so great about it is you know, he, he goes home and he just like it's just blank and he just goes to bed and the next morning when you hear Tony Collette get up oh god what, what to, a horrible scene to walk to listen in to. and see that and the wail she just lets out is just spine chilling and then oh and then it cuts to the little girl's head on the side of the road covered in ants like 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 it, oh it is just unnerving and then from the, from there the movie just takes a complete very dark turn, dark turn. It, and it just doesn't get it's like a spiral going down and down and mm-hmm. down and things just get worse and worse and worse but I mean this everyone. film in no way shape or form like sh- shies away from the uncomfortable scenes no, either 100%. because like they even set it up with like you one Millie Shapiro she like cuts the head off a pigeon with the scissors yeah, yeah and they yeah, just yeah. show that they just show like, that like, <laughs> they very vividly yeah, show yeah. that on, on camera like there's no cutting away when you know what she's gonna do and like what's so so good about the movie is like you have to watch this family deal with that situation but that's it and films always forget that when these traumatic events happen in films they don't, they don't show the drive that. home or the, or, not, or the walking in the door or the face in the mother you know and like so hereditary is like you know it's got these occult themes and this, this kind of occult stuff happening in the background and things like that but also it's it's this idea of mental health and do you pass down your, your mental illness, your mental illness yeah. and, you know her grandmother might have either been mentally ill or she was in the occult yeah crazy because people of, were saying oh is like Tony Collette going crazy in this film or is it because the they kind of hint that when she's really ecstatic and doing like the seances we find out that she's doing with um, Alex Wolf and Gabriel Byrne uh, Gabriel Byrne Gabriel Byrne like you obviously had to change his name from Gabriel exactly hilarious yeah. there's th- there's two Gabriel Burns in Ireland yeah. and they're both R. extremely R.I.P. Gabo but there's Gabo. two there's th- that's what it calls them yeah. bro <laughs> <laughs> they're two extremely famous gay Burns from yeah. Ireland but um, yeah like he's kind of like the the straight man I guess you'd call him in this he just doesn't buy any of the yeah. the, the occult shit but I mean it's very much like to a certain point where you're like I is, don't know, is this, is this insanity or is this reality? Mm. Is this a cult or is this literally Tony Collette just losing her mind? Can we and talk I about think... the, the dinner scene? Yeah. That's oh. oh, such an arsehole. He's a terrible person in this movie. But you can kind of see where he's coming from. So they have this, like, it all comes out at dinner one night. They're talking about I mean, that 
basically he's responsible yeah. for her death. Like it which is happen. amazing acting. Yeah, yeah, it is amazing acting. I think Tony Collette was robbed of a nomination for this movie, to be perfectly honest with you. I just feel like the Oscars doesn't recognize films like I this. I don't like even think they yeah, knew it like, existed, yeah. to be perfectly honest with you. No, I, I, feel, I feel like it would be another couple of years before this like acting's in these types of films is even looked mm. at. Because, I mean, like, Will on the Phone, Robin Patterson, they, they didn't get any uh, any real hype. No, they didn't. And, like, how did Will on the Phone not get nominated for at least supporting? Yeah, very That's true. Insane. Very, very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is very true. I mean, like, you, you compare Brad Pitt's performance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to Will on the Phone. Like, I mean, yeah. I know one is a lot more theatrical. Well, that's that's true. The Lighthouse is like a play. Yeah, it's like a play. Which it is easier when you're given that scope when they're when they're like take this to the next level. Yeah. But I mean, you know that scene in the lighthouse when he's like, "You like the taste of my lobster," and then he goes on this huge monologue of like class monologue. Yeah, unbelievable monologue. He did that in one take. One take. And he didn't blink. Didn't blink. (laughs) (laughs) Two minutes straight. Yeah, I I mean, like. it's that that's acting at the end of the day you know I mean Brad Pitt did more or less play himself even though I loved yeah, his character I loved yeah. his character you yeah see, his character more. was great yeah 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 but uh, sorry back to Hereditary um, yeah I mean it really ramps up then after this kind of so you're dealing with this like family stress and they're just trying to get on with their lives and Gabriel Byrne's like trying to sal- keep salvage whatever fucking family they have and then the occult stuff just like gets driven into overdrive and some of the imagery is so unsettling I the mean, photographs when they're like photographs of the family and then they're all doing like rituals and stuff yeah, that was very it's unnerving just really like, ugh. and all of the shots with the um, miniature houses I thought were so creepy I, I want to know how they got those how like they did sh- you notice though that this is really cool I saw this in like a behind I saw this in like a behind the scenes thing and uh all of the sets are constructed to look like a diorama. So, like the physical sets, yeah, that they were all the because are working in. the director wanted to convey like a sense that the occult were completely using this family or that like, they that, like that every decision they made was influenced the, by the occult mm, and that they were just kind of play things in, the, in like, their in their diorama in order to in order to get to the ending. That's you know? interesting because you you can you can feel that I suppose in the. In the the layout of the of the house, like the way it's and like, every indoor and scene, it yeah, it's very cube, it's yeah, very it's, boxed, yeah, it's and like, boxed, you know, and you just and get that image, like yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. a very spooky house. It's yeah, it's, it's an spooky, house. spooky house, and like, so then there's like really, really disgusting imagery, like so, it's all like kicking off, and then like Tony Collette turns into like a demon almost, and she's chasing Alex Wolf around. He like hides in the in the in the attic. He's got the attic like locked, and then. It just cuts back to Tony Collette, like exorcist crawling in the attic, absolutely banging her head like nonstop, and that is just so that was yeah, scary. That was horrible. You're just like oh. But even God. even when like we finally find out that like this is very much real, when like we see that Gabriel Byrne can see the mother's body as well. Yeah, you know, like this you know is, I, that that's when the movie up. says like all right, fucking strap. That's when it ramps up when you yeah. hear <laughs> when you hear Gay Byrne scream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ending's like seriously get Whoa, fucking ready this for this. This is like, just yeah. And the next minute, Gabriel Byrne bursts into flames. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. That yeah, was, I didn't understand that. Didn't I'm understand. not gonna act like kind of, I did. Was I wasn't artist lucky at all. She burns the diary, does she not? Yeah, she burns the diary, but I thought it was linked to her. No. 
No, yeah. I she was like obviously. This, is, this but, is again a thing where you you get to read into what you want. Like, yeah. I think Ariaster just needed to get rid of Gabriel. Bird yeah, that scene so that will make him go on fire. Yeah. Well, it's just a scary scene. As it well, is a very scary like, scene. It, it like, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like okay. Uh, she's not mentally ill this is actually fucking happening get ready and he, he looks very much like he's in on fire in pain burning alive so, so there is actually lore to this movie I'm pretty sure like lore. there's, there's the <laughs> no a character lore is like what we need <laughs> I love me some character lore no but like I, I think that so it's something to do with like the the, 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 the second child is meant to be like they wanted they want to Millie Shapiro to be a boy. A boy. Because the, the, it. the, it's the king boy. of mischief and he needs to go into Paymon. a boy's body. Paymon, yeah. yeah. All hail Paymon. And and that's and then that's why Tony Collect decapitates herself towards the end, which is also a very gruesome scene. Yeah, he collects like, heads. Yeah, they collect heads and then that's why you need this like headless body like and uh, Oh that the, the the statue that they make is, with Millie Shapiro's noggin on it is it's, horrible. It's so disgusting this movie. It is actually horrible but So he falls at the window of the attic and then uh Paymon takes control of his body, apparently. This and he is... goes up this is the sun. The sun. Yeah, yeah. the sun. And he goes up to the treehouse, um, tree and everyone's like, "Hail, Paymon!" Because they're saying, "Look, we released you from your body. You know, you get to destroy the world now." But it almost looks as if it's still Alex Wolf in his body, <laughs> yeah. and he's just going along with it. No, yeah, he's just like. I mean, you would have to. You just yeah. have a cult. Uh, it would just... be like Jonestown three <laughs> two point <laughs> Can we talk about how many naked old people we had to watch watching all these movies? Oh my god. It's just non-stop, <laughs> it's isn't just, it? It's, these films are just like... They're all quite watch. similar in the way that they have a lot of naked old people in them. Uh, and then they all use specific locations for, you know, specific events. Mm-hmm. So obviously the lighthouse up on top, what's going on there in the actual room lighthouse. Yeah, the so cabins, yeah, they're, they're isolated. Yeah, the, the they're, tree house. They're isolated, yeah. The, yeah, tree the, house, um, yeah. the big yellow building in Midsummer. In Midsummer. Yeah, yeah, the temple, uh, yeah, the temple yeah, as well. Yeah, there's always kind of like a... Yeah, yeah, you're, you're actually dead on something there. There's no, always yeah. kind of like an, an end location yeah, where, that they need like, to get to. There's Yeah, and there's, there's, there's... They all deal with like... It's always <laughs> fucked when they get there. Yeah. It's always bad. News. It's always never where they want to be. Yeah. But Hereditary deals with that that family that that family kind of dynamic and grief. Grief is a big one that Ari Aster. That's like Midsummer is very much along those lines too. Well. And uh, as we say, the occult like there's basically a satanic cult in the witch by the end of it. You know what I mean? And that's exactly what's in Hereditary too. Like they're very comparable movies. I'm sure A24 were like looking at both scripts being like, meh, they're both basically the same thing. Like it's just Midsummer and Hereditary. Yeah. Well, I think the witch as well in Hereditary. Oh, and they're uh, very comparable. Like, yeah. Okay. The witch is set in 1300s, but I mean, you kind of have that, that horrible family aspect. I also feel that Hereditary and Midsummer, uh, Hereditary and the witch had the some form of constraints that the likes of the lighthouse and midsummer didn't have. I agree with you. That, like as in, like you're talking like studio constraints. That like, I feel like yeah, it, it it felt a lot more like tamed the genre, like not in any way shape. And that's or form, reasonable for debut tamed to the genre for debut know, feature films. For debut feature films, yeah, they, they had to. Hereditary was very forwardly scary. It wasn't yeah. about just the tone of the film yeah. or the, the discomfort of the film. And like the same with the witch. I mean, the witch was very much a horror, like you were saying. It's not like the lighthouse yeah, in like any way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, 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 yeah. 
I, I feel like they've gotten a lot more freedom since then. To Big kind of time. Like and it's nice to see that. It is nice to... It's refreshing to sit down and watch a movie knowing that the director and whoever was behind it got complete artistic freedom with it. Yeah. The and problem is there when they start... When it starts veering off... It kind of goes the off the rails in like a whole kind of way. And rather than sticking to like one story... In terms of Midsummer, anyway, it kind of feels like so let's talk about Midsummer, yeah. disjointed. Yeah, let's talk about Midsummer. Uh, I really enjoy this film. I think it's one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen in my life. It's in terms of how it's shot, it is amazing. Like you were saying earlier, the sound design is amazing in this Some film. The when there's like chanting and stuff in the background, there always seems to be something going on. It's always, it's like the ritual never stops. Always sounds in the background. Whether they're sleeping and the baby won't stop crying, it gets the sense that the sun never goes down here properly. And it's always she secondary. Can't get to sleep. Yeah. Do you find that like they're all you never so like caught baby. up you don't in see their the own baby. bullshit? Do you, do you, like it's it's very unlike these films where like everyone's very much focused on like the shit that's hitting the fan. Well, well yeah. where in Midsummer they're very much like. There's like weird people chanting and, and the background of every scene they're like that's just I want to do my thesis that's here just, <laughs> and we're having relationship problems. Someone just jumped off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares about and, your thesis? And it's literally right after that they're like alright so they're someone's really face just got smashed up by a hammer I want to do my thesis here. Who <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't want to do their thesis yeah. on that? Uh, yeah I mean it goes back to Ari Aster is actually really good at writing relationships until he just kind of throws them out the window it for jumps the, the shark it, it does it does I mean yeah he does throw them out I completely immediately agree. I mean so you've got Florence Pugh in this you've got she's good in this uh, I love Florence Pugh in this I think she's excellent you've got Jack, Jack Rayner oh, another, another one of our own I like Richard this did I like yeah. this movie <laughs> I hate him this movie I thought it was such really? an I thought he was all, yeah but he, he that's what he was meant to be yeah. but at the same time I thought he was an arsehole in a way that was like I just don't care about you more like, of an asshole more of an asshole than his character in Transformers 4 Transformers where, he, 4, right. where he pulls out a card and says this is like bang your underage daughter bro <laughs> <laughs> basically he's like the and Mark Wahlberg's literally just like what the hell he's like what, <laughs> why do you carry that with you <laughs> he's, he's not even angry he's just like why did you do that <laughs> Why'd you say those things? <laughs> um, also, Will Poulter is in... Um, Will Poulter, yeah. Who is just incredible. I, 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 I really like Will Poulter. Everything yeah. he does, he's it, just so good. What I, what I always found very... like. I just, I just don't get it. Is he's always a secondary character? He is. He's never. I don't think like he's lead not the leading guy. No. How is he not the lead role in this film when he's like? Because he's not far good looking. Enough. Enough. But That's but probably true. It like, is it. Yeah, he's I probably reckon. not conventionally good looking enough. I mean, in Bandersnatch, he is a supporting character, but he does steal the set. He, he completely he steals, steals the show. Yeah, and she is incredible. He's he, but he, don't, he looks good in Banners. I just don't get it. You know, I don't understand. Oh why no, they there's can... there's girls who tear stuff over Will Poulter now. He's got his. He's got I a just sad uh, face. Like he's definitely leagues ahead of Jack Rayner. Maybe not at the American. In action. terms of acting, he is. How funny is it that he can be in something like Bandersnatch in Midsummer, and then he's also in like We're the Millers? Yeah, and he's yeah. Hilarious he's great. In it. He's in probably that. the best. That's a really good. That's a really good. He's, he's, he's a child actor comedy. who really progressed well. I yeah. mean, you ever see like Son of Rambo when you were young? Son of Rambo. That's right. That, yeah, yeah, I loved him in that. He was great. Second character again, even as a kid. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the plot. So. It opens with Florence Pugh at uh, her schizophrenic uh, sister, sister. killed by bipolar well. schizophrenic. This is the thing he deals. She kills. Things. She kills her family. She basically. kills the entire. Fa- and it's so in grim. such a cool way, though. What the? Fuck? No, I mean, I mean, like, I just like how you know, like you know when she's on the phone to the parents and she's like, she's after emailing me. 
what's wrong with and her? Jack and Jack Green is like, she's just fucking looking for attention. But it shows the parents in bed sleeping, and you're like, all right, they're, like, they're just sleeping. They're grand. And then, like, she's it cuts, carbon monoxide poison. It, it cuts says she put hoses from the cars in the garage, and too, which are turned right on. And hooked them right up to her face. And, and hooked them right up to her face and into her parents' and room. Poisoned the, yeah. And I mean, the, 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 the message is so ominous. Like, goodbye, mom and dad coming too. And, like, you know, yeah. uh, everything is black. Everything's yeah. dark. And then, like, the sick down her top and yeah, everything, because obviously your body, like, refuses. Yeah, I mean, it's. This it's, film is rotten, I think. Yeah, as well. it's. Oh, it is disgusting. This yeah, movie. it's a I horrible mean, it film. It genuinely is. Like, it's much gorier than, than Hereditary and, and things like that. And I think it's the goriest out of the four films. It, I think it is. I, I would agree with it's that. It's a bit well. fucked, isn't it? It's really fucked up. So. Tribalistic, to we, say the least. <laughs> we, we move on, and then a couple of months down the line, I assume. Yeah. Like I don't two know what it is. No, I think it's like two or three. <laughs> it's got to be a couple. No, no, months. her family die in the winter because it's snowing, and then they're going to Sweden going in, the in the summer. So it's, it's got a couple of months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The really nice Swedish guy is in the house. Telly, mm-hmm. Telly, weird, yeah, weird yeah. name. Oh, he's a cool guy. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Nice, nice guy. Nice guy. Nice guy. Uh, so uh, so you, think... you immediately like him because he's the only person that's nice. Who was that actor who portrayed him? He was very good. He was very good. I think I think he's a relative newcomer. I looked it up. He's a Wilhelm. Plogren. Has he been in anything that we'd know besides uh, Swedish movies? No. Nothing? I looked it up as well, and isn't it absolutely crazy that in that time of year in Sweden, it's not dark until half ten. I mean... And it was so refreshing to see a, a horror, horror film movie. in parentheses in, in broad, broad daylight. daylight. Yeah, It's very cool. Which was fucking terrifying. So scary. It like Because everyone's in white and they're all chanting and like, oh, it's just so creepy from the get-go. Well, when they go and they get out of the car, the first thing they do is take a lot of shrooms. Yeah. And this is like the one movie that like, like you can, you can never like, you know, you can make these psychedelic movies and like, you know, but it just captures... It just captures the like, the feeling of, of being out of control, and that's what most. It's not theatrical. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not this. It's, it's not, not visually. It's not visually. This, it's not like, like kaleidoscopic. Exactly. Or no, it's, it's just, just like, like people are just they're all kind of tripping in some shape or form, and they're not in control. And yeah. Straight off the bat, exactly. I mean, one of the funniest bits in it is when they're just tripping on the shrooms at the start, and they're all like sitting there. And Will Poulter's like, someone's coming over. He's like, oh no, new, new people. people. Yeah. I can't deal with new people right now. Yeah. <laughs> Pele's yeah. like, new people are good. New man. people are good, man. <laughs> he knows what's up. Yeah. Pele knows what's yeah. up. <laughs> Just feel the earth. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so straight out the bat, that you know, and then Florence Pugh, what's her, Danny? She kind of yeah, had yeah, a bit she, of a bad trip. Yeah, like, she falls she, asleep and then she wakes up and Will, it's like, Will oh, Poulter is it, is it, is it tomorrow? Family. And that's just, so mm. yeah, so straight she, away. She gets then, like PTSD surrounding yeah, family throughout yeah. like I the mean, whole film. Can you imagine taking shrooms when you've experienced a traumatic event like that? Yeah, I mean, no Jesus can. Christ. But I mean, I, one of my issues with this, with this film was that like, I suppose it might've been also the purpose of the film, but like, it does really draw back to the family like killing themselves or the traumatic event really at all it just um, neglects it once it's yeah I mean I don't know I think that I think that maybe you were, you're expecting that to be a bigger part of it I, I certainly was and you know what I kind of when I watched this film I was kind of like it just didn't feel complete and there's 30 minutes 30 minutes were cut from it because of again production restraints I mean it would have been Three hours. Of three hours. Long, yeah. That's a long. Yeah, I wonder what was rather sit through the thirty minutes if it was like a fuller. Well, story. the director's cut was released. Yeah. Oh, oh, was it? Yeah. It was released. Yeah, uh, but you gotta imagine that. I, I, I certainly felt that there was major parts missing from this. From this. Well, story. some characters just disappear, and then you just see like a leg or. Yeah, I think yeah, it. it's it's a little bit like that. Like so, so they're having this festival, and it's like it's kind of comes across so innocent at the start. 
I was like, what's good about it? Looks it looks chill at the it start. It looks chill as hell. And like when Pele showing pictures on his iPhone, so you're like, oh, you wouldn't bring an iPhone to a satanic event. This is well, that's very true. This yeah, is gotta bring, be, it brings you back to it like bring, that, yeah. You're yeah. like, this has got to be normal in some shape or form. And Pele's so nice, and he's a good dude. He's a cool. He's so and chill. Like how they, you have to admit that the, the extras they got in this movie were incredible. All like. Now, what's so unnerving about it is the synchronicity of everything. Everything is so synchronized and how they're dancing and doing marriages and all. It's so... It's too perfect that you're like... Oh. It would have been there a nightmare been to like, direct scenes. A lot of training Because there's yeah. a lot of things, just even if you look in the background, you see like people doing like a little ritual or like children running in specific ways yeah, or yeah. flowers or musicians. And it's kind of just like this massive festival that just as time goes on things get more and more south and things start swirling out of control and the characters kind of seem to not react to it they kind is, of go with it they, they kind of go with it in a way but then like someone jump, two people jump off a cliff in front of them and the only people who are reacting the two people from London they're like let's well you gotta remember that the only person who's not an anthropologist is Danny, is Danny who's the main character Everyone and she does is. very much freak out mm. but the rest are anthropology students they're there to see this culture and they kind of take it with the pinch of salt and I mean this is it like I mean so the, the two old people they, they jump off a cliff and that actually comes from like so there's a lot of like Viking stuff here obviously because it's 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 Nordic movie Nordic Scott, it's, it's very like did you see The Ritual uh, no. The film The Ritual. It's more of a classic monster film, but it definitely does That's fall into this movie, like actually, abstract. Yeah. I enjoyed The Ritual. I thought it was good, and it has a lot of the same like rune symbols. You well, know, yeah, the runic yeah. symbols, and then like, like obviously, um, what Viking people used to do when they were older was they used to jump off cliffs, and they were told you'd go to if you didn't like if you weren't a warrior or you hadn't proved yourself if you jumped off a cliff and killed yourself you'd go to Valhalla. I think that's kind of harks back to that since these two older people they're 72 they jump off this that's the age you hit when it's your time to leave they jump off a cliff and it is as gory and bloody as you think well what what do you think now you know the way so in the film they take their life as seasons so I think it's 1 nine to 18 years. It's, it's every, I think yeah. it's 18 years well, well sorry yeah it's but I, I read this it's, it's everything split into 9 so like everything is 9s so it's like I did not have it in front of me but it was like so two nines is 18 and another yeah. two nines is it is nines is the one like, but so I think it's isn't it it's 18 spring is when you're born 1 to 18 18 to 36 is your summer so that's when you're like experiencing life and then 36 to whatever 50, plus 18 is and <laughs> 54 54 and uh, <laughs> <laughs> clearing out a room of mathematicians <laughs> and that's working age so you don't have to work until you're 30 would you die when you're 72 if you didn't have to work until you're 36 I mean probably like, <laughs> I mean that sure. sounds pretty good yeah. I think you know? well what's great about it is you know everyone's fucking freaked you know the two London people are absolutely freaked and da- Danny is like disgusted and, you know she's like I'm not an anthropologist but uh, Jack Rayner's character goes you know they probably think it's fucked up that we put our old people in uh, elderly homes and you kind of for a second you kind of go ah. Plausible. Yeah, I can buy that. It is messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Except, you know, uh, you know, them jumping off the cliff is one thing. And then the, the hammer. The, the hammer, hammer is overkill. Ooh. So when when your man doesn't die, he snaps his leg. Well, it's his own fault for trying to do just a synchronized dive. He should have done what the other girl did and just smashed face, her face in. Face first. No one wants the hammer. No, no one wants the hammer. 
I'm sure the people at the ritual don't want the hammer. <laughs> it's there as a precaution. For Egypt, you go feet first. But why do they have to do it? Hammers. That's kind of the thing about these films is that like it does really, it's very absurdist as well. Well, well you know, it Jack says it, it does jump the shark a little bit. Like it does kind of go like, oh, even if you were buying it up to this point that these are this commune. Also, I just want to say I am terrified of small communes. Oh, never, terrified. They are the creepiest not thing, getting involved with them. Don't ever tell me to, to like yeah, go on a, no. a retreat anywhere. No, keep your commune away from me. No, please. thank you. Like, oh my god. I'm never talking to a Norwegian person again. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're just out to get you in commune. <laughs> I'm no I'm never leaving the city. <laughs> lots of witnesses to things. Are, aren't you going to Sweden soon? <laughs> oh my god, I am I'm going to, I'm going to Sweden in two weeks, so I'll tell you guys how good yeah. summer was. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, don't get it. Turns out they're all actually like that. Uh, and then so obviously after that the movie goes you know it goes crazier again and you know as you say turn you're they, they, the main characters getting caught up in their own bullshit like who gets to write the, the thesis on yeah and i think it's in. i think it's very interesting that he approaches it like that because they're, they're just so dismissive and they're they're all so self-involved mm. and so self-interested and they really don't care about like all this weird chanting that's going around all these weird rituals that's going around they just kind of take it and they're like oh, whatever look be a better boyfriend and stuff like that when really like Will Poulter's after getting his lungs Skinned, taken like, out his someone's back. wearing him so no that's not Will Poulter that that's is. what I th- you see this is my issue with the film and this is the stuff that was cut out I couldn't tell who was who that was the, the London guy yeah, yeah I couldn't tell who was who. He, he was alive he, he, he was, was alive, alive. He's yeah. Still yeah. Yeah. He's the taken, lungs he's... were still going which was a horrible scene but at the same time I was literally like well it really never explained who was taken away what happened to them it didn't need to explain this but it did very much as you much... say the director's cup I would have liked to see yeah. it draws you know? the bridge a I would have liked to have known who was who when just they're getting, definite, you know? when I mean the same thing happens it. with Will Poulter's character when he disappears I mean he's just kind of br- t- he's so, gone like so that so first he pisses on all their ancestors pisses on the ancient tree he pisses on the ancient tree, ancient tree. which I'm happy he did now <laughs> yeah because these guys are fucking ass. they're not chill nobody's at dinner and he's like the goblins are fucking and yeah like uh, the other guy, what's 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 his name? The black guy. I don't know what his name is. He, I think he's in Gotham. He plays Lucius Fox in Gotham. Oh, does he? I think so. He's I'm not bad. Sure he does. I don't think bad. he was bad at all. I thought he was a lot better than Jack Rayner. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about Jack Rayner. I, I think, think Jack I Rayner's. don't think they should make him. He's William Jackson Harper. Is he in anything? He's in. He's in like Blacklist and stuff, and like isn't oh, he? Oh, like these these Sky shows that are always he's, on. He's, yeah, he's, he's very Sky Atlantic. Yeah. Very <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Which, like, yeah. isn't necessarily about. He's not a lot of Sky Atlantic. <laughs> yeah. But um, um, yeah, he's he. I I like that. Uh, I like that scene when you know he he's so like trying to document everything and trying to like take pictures of things yeah. and it's like and what's weird about it is like they're kind of letting him do it to a point like he's kind of and then he crosses the line and he goes to take pictures of the book and then he gets the hammer he gets the hammer nobody wants the hammer <laughs> by a guy who's wearing Will Poulter's skin yeah which, that, that was a big problem for me because I was like what I was like he's this Will Poulter yeah you're yeah you're just like you know I, I just I, I didn't get it they threw a flaccid penis in there as well and I was just like at what stage did this just become like 
all right, you got to just get into it, explain what's happening. I think, like, <laughs> I think Ari Aster was definitely, he's a man for his shock value, and the movie for the last 30 minutes ago is just trying to shock you. Like, you know, it's just trying to... That's some great what, visuals there. That, the yeah, dancing scene. 100%. And when she has, like, all the flowers on, and she's, like, screaming. That is absolutely uh, Yeah, I thought that was all And all the people are screaming with her, yeah. and you can really see why she does fall for this commune. I'd fall for this commune. Like, imagine, like, you're prone to panic attacks, and you just have 20 people breathing along with like, you. Like, like, doing, like, right, yeah, okay. experience especially if she picks her dickhead boyfriend to die like, <laughs> yeah. you know what else I love in this flick they when the two bear. yeah they dress him up as a bear but uh, have you seen the painting at the very start at the very like, start yeah, yeah, the bear is there and then yeah or the, or so the, the whole way, movie right? the whole movie is essentially foreshadowed in that scene where they, it cuts across this giant mural and everything like, that happens there's a bear <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, and then like, Simon's like there's a bear. a bear so what's a bear yeah. it's yeah, like, like, like we're not going to talk about the fact that there's a bear there and he's like it's a bear and it's not mentioned again until the very very end and they kill the bear I thought the bear was going to like eat the bear but those murals were very cool like the mural where your one is cutting the pubic hair into the pie, into pie. and then the period blood into the drink yeah. and then that Ugh. comes up where Jack Rayner is eating the pubic pie and I'm the period the drink period yeah, juice, yeah. yeah and it's just it's just that tint more red yeah I, you see the visuals in this film don't get me wrong the visuals in this film excellent Incredible. I just don't think there's a lot of substance to it um, I really enjoyed it though. No, I, was, I thought it was great. I think it's excellent. I thought it was, I thought it was an enjoyable film. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think, as you said, like the, I think the relationships are great and like how much Jack Rain is an asshole to his girlfriend and like, they're like. I she apologises for it. Yeah, she, oh, that's great. I, I, I really did too. enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. The relationship aspect is he's, he, really good. He really good nails this. that stuff. He really does. Especially like, how all the his lad mates are like for fuck's sake. Fuck's sake, sake like, like yeah. And, I mean that's so many people would your lad mates would be like that yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? but like, then the Norwegian guy like oh such a nice guy yeah he seems like a cool guy Pele. and then it's like oh no you just wanted to burn her life yeah exactly I love at the end getting back to it is when your man goes to Pele and his brother take this from the tree and feel no pain the you and, uh, and then the tree he's like, of you yeah, he's you know Christ, I'm in so much pain <laughs> and they're just like longingly looking at each other as like the flames consume them and then as soon as the flames are on them you just There's burst like, into terror yeah and they all start screaming over yeah, the screams yeah. Yeah. which is it, yeah the sounds are excellent in this film I, I think it probably gets bogged down on the cult stuff and I think it just wants to freak you out with the cult stuff as much towards the end it's very 1970s Wicker Man you ever see the Wicker Man yeah not, not the Nicolas Cage one. no Nicolas yeah. Cage version is unbelievable <laughs> not the bees he not like the beats bees. up women and everything <laughs> just sucker punches a woman in the face He's which like, yeah. Jack Trainer, Jack Rayner probably should have done in this movie to somebody I mean just to get out of that situation like I, I, I love just, how he just goes into that like sexual cult thing he's just like okay so, no but he's not really like I was thinking like when I was watching it you're sitting at the table you're talking to someone he's like clapping at you ruining your day and like you're just not a part of any of your surroundings and you're not allowed to be a part of any of your surroundings you would take the first opportunity to get out of there even if it is being in a room full of old women getting you to have sex with this girl oh more naked old women god damn it it was more naked old women about 50 of them I was getting exhausted by the time it was coming around I was like Jesus I don't have any more energy for this I watched The Lighthouse yesterday and I watched Midsummer yesterday and you you just the the wrinkled bodies just (laughs) (laughs) I'm so done with them (laughs) But uh, some strange imagery in these films. So yeah, so Jack Jack Rayner has this sex cult thing, and he's absolutely out of it. What I like about that as well is they're giving them all these like herbal things, and they're like they're like hallucinogenics to like, and you know they're so the characters are so out of control, and the visuals are so good in there is that like Ari Aster put in very subtle 
distortions in the imagery like people's faces slightly distort to a point where you're like I don't know if that actually is well, distorting no, it, or not the background you can see like the trees like distorting it's very hallucinogenic like, yeah and you're, like, you're, and, you're, and you're kind of like is that just the wind or is that actually like distorting and then so obviously after Jack Rayner has this like sex cult thing and then he like kind of like is like comes to a sense he's like what the fuck he's running outside and he's like naked and all what I love about that was his penis. penis. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a nice penis. <laughs> well, I was watching it. I literally was sitting there going, fair play to him. Honest to God. Look at him running around there. Bollock naked. And I read that he was originally meant to be wearing a robe in that scene. And He uh, was like, no. He had just watched The Last House on the Left and there's a scene in that where a girl is raped and she runs around and she's naked and she's like humiliated and like yeah. vulnerable. And he was like, That's it would, a great it would give the scene... I've never seen it actually it's meant to be a fantastic it's a great horror film yeah but uh, he said I thought it would help the scene if I was vulnerable walk around naked and he goes and women are running around naked all the time in movies it's time lads get a bit naked and uh, and start paying their dues and that was his idea to just run around naked like and he's not like a hunk like you know what I mean like he's no, not no, like, no. he's, he's uh, and uh, it does work for the scene because he's like running around just it does so it, it adds to the like helplessness how terrified he is how vulnerable he is I really do enjoy how all help like helpless You're all just, the characters are they're just so overwhelmed yeah. yeah like there's the, like, he's, not, he's not like juiced or jacked and like a, like a pro boxer or something like you know Chris Evans in the cabin of the woods like he encapsulates yeah, exactly, the kind of jock kind of, in the yeah. horror film exactly. where he can just like destroy everyone but yeah. like but when he's paralysed at the end and like he can he can see he can he, feel, it's like it's like that that, that locked in syndrome thing and like, that, you know. that was sick but you were kind of just like it, it was real submission like you were just like right you're good you're good to go I think <laughs> I think my, my my only gripe with Midsummer is um like hereditary it pulls those punches where you're like oh shit that was a fucking that, that was a twist there I didn't expect that to happen and then it puts you to those uncomfortable scenes and you're not expecting them to happen I think with Midsummer for the last 30 minutes of it I was like I know they're gonna sacrifice you guys to some yeah. weird fucking Nordic god just, fuck just get on with it <laughs> it, was, it, would, it was always gonna end that way it was always gonna end that way which, I, I think which, even from watching the trailer I knew like no matter how got, as well when uh when Pele, nice guy, was like to Danny, I'm so excited you're coming. I was like, oh, well, she's getting sacrificed. Yeah, I was like, she's dead. But she, then, well, then, you know, I suppose she was. Well, like, he did foreshadow the whole thing when he was like, my parents were burned up. Yeah. And I thought, all right, that's just a house fire, but then maybe they were sacrificed They were sacrificed in the end. Well, like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I never caught that. Yeah. 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 There's, a, there's a really great bit when when Danny is, she's crowned the, what was it, the something queen? Summer queen. It's, 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 yeah, it's I like the queen of stamina as yeah. well. Yeah, because she, she dances, that dance scene is incredible. Oh, it's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. And it's like, little things happening that you're like, is this happening? Like a girl just throws up in the middle of it and you're like, did that just happen? Like she just kind of disappears or they, from the like, frame. Or is she off the head? Like, Yeah, is she just like losing her? Well, they're, they're on like hallucinogenic basically the whole time and, yeah. Like, yeah, because they just fed it They're so out of control for the film and she she's walking and you know she's walking towards the cabin at the end and it's there's a I, I I was like am I this is what's so good about the visuals I was like am I imagining this so you see the trees in the background and you can see a face and it's like it's in the trees and it like looks like a really distressed face it turns out uh, that's her sister's face with the uh carbon monoxide tube in it if you look out for it next time when you see it you'll see it in the trees I love when her mother walked by her that was excellent. And it was and very much like... And she's like, Mom... And that, I think like, that was the point where she accepted the commune. Where she was like, right, I'm in here. If my, like, if my mother is like technically in here, I'm in here too. You know, I'm, I'm down for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, what, 
sorry, you finished that. Yeah, well, yeah. One last point I was gonna say is so they they're giving them all the sacrifices and like like Will Poulter's character is just skin. He's not even a full body. He's just stuffed with hay and stuff and all. And did you notice he's wearing like a jester hat? Jester hat, yeah. He's obviously the comedic see, relief. In the I film. didn't know that was. I thought he was centered across from the other friend. And I, I, I didn't I didn't get like the positioning of the bodies. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. I don't know why the London guy was in front of. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, I'm sure there's reasons. You to could it. read into it. You could read it. It's more it. one that like the it's kind of how abstract some aspects of these films mm-hmm. are. Sometimes you have to read into it. All right, will we rate them? Yeah, I think yeah. Put them from from. I'm with the worst to last. Worst to last. Yeah. From worst your perspective, worst, this worst the best. This isn't necessarily concreted in any. Yeah, worst the best in your own opinion. Worst to best. Okay, so the worst I'm going bitch. Okay. Then I think I changed my mind. I think I'm gonna go for Hereditary. Really? Then the Lighthouse. Okay. Then Midsummer. Wow. What? Hereditary. I really like Hereditary. I th- like I watched it no. two years ago when worst it first came out. Like wh- what's the worst movie? Worst movie is the bitch. And then Hereditary. And then Hereditary. No. Then what is your concept of order? Sorry, <laughs> I completely <laughs> fucked it up. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, don't edit that out. We were like, what? Like, what are we ranking these movies? Worst like, to really, death. Like, Which we're, we're like, what <laughs> Whatever right? you like in between. We were like, okay, what? So right? You're like, I really like this. <laughs> you, you ranked that like a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> you put the bread on first. Okay, so worst flick to best flick. So worst flick is bitch. Then it's Lighthouse, then Hereditary, then it's Midsummer. Midsummer's your favourite. Yeah. What about you, Tim? I hated The Witch, I'd agree with you on that. My least favourite, mainly because of Baby Penis. Um, <laughs> Defend it all you want to, and I'm not okay with it. <laughs> my, uh, then it was Midsummer. I thought Midsummer was a lot more style over substance, as I said very much throughout that whole podcast. Yeah. And Hereditary, I loved but I gotta give it you see this genre is not for me so if I'm going by visuals if I'm going by like the sounds and just the acting in general I gotta give it to Lighthouse over Hereditary just for just for the sake just for the experience you see this genre just it's not for me I don't like it I wouldn't sit down and watch one of these films I'm never gonna watch any of these again yeah except Hereditary but I, I enjoyed the films don't get me wrong I just they're not really my type of films well I'm gonna go the Lighthouse actually was my least favourite then The Witch then Midsummer, and then Hereditary but I'm uh, it's not so much that this genre isn't for me I think that I don't like Robert Eggers as a director I know what he's trying to do but I actually really like Ari Aster I really really like what he's doing and I cannot wait to see his next movie I mean Robert Eggers next movie I wouldn't be rushing out to see it I mean I probably will watch whatever he does but I'm not like oh he, that's a director I can get him over I, I would Consider Ari Aster someone I'm going to keep my eye on. I will, I will keep, I, don't get me wrong, I will keep my eye on the genre mm. and I'll keep mm. up with the genre. Yeah, yeah. It, it just is one of those things where. I'll accept them as they come. Yeah. It's this more artistic just... choice over cinematic choice, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. This is this is what A24's thing is. That's yeah. Their, that's their whole brand. They give, they give the other guys a chance. They give the other guys a chance. Exactly. But I did very, I did really like, really like Lighthouse as a film. Mm. I thought that it probably did get a bit snubbed at the Oscars and okay if you like had that. to recommend one of these movies out of all four which one would you recommend well this is will be interesting for you because I think it like definitely the, the Lighthouse like the Lighthouse was just made for the Oscars really even though I don't think the genre is in any way applicable to the Oscars I think the Lighthouse was made for the Oscars but I can see why it got snubbed why what do you think 
I would say Midsummer because I think people could watch it and be like, ooh, it's creepy and it's weird and it's without getting too Sexy. bogged down into the, <laughs> yeah, getting too bogged down into the the, the other it's also beautiful of it. Film. I mean at the end of the day it looks good. The the cult stuff is scary enough to make you feel uneasy. Hereditary, I would I would recommend it as we said, it's probably the most successful one. But then I hate recommending it to people because people are like, I want to fucking jump off a cliff like in Midsummer after watching yeah. the movie. It is really heavy. It's a well, heavy Mid- Midsummer, I would definitely agree, like is on par in the completely opposite sense mm. with Lighthouse and the visuals, the sound and everything. I just think the acting was better in the Lighthouse. Yeah, it was a 100% better. I, I just, uh, Jack Craner, he's not for me. <laughs> and he's Irish, so he might even hear this. So. Jack, if, if you were to recommend one film to somebody out of all those four, what would you recommend? <sighs> Right now, probably Midsummer because I really enjoyed it. Even though I would, wouldn't watch it again myself because it's just such a heavy experience. It's a heavy experience. Well, maybe you watch it one day. Never say never. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind watching directors cut now. Now that I'm That's thinking true, about actually, it. Yeah. But yeah, I really enjoyed the whole kind of, obviously, sound design, the way it was shot. I enjoyed some of the characters. I didn't enjoy some of them, but I kind of all, like overall enjoyed the vibe of the movie yeah the whole experience it yeah. takes you through it very fluidly it just kind of it's so yeah I think that's it guys alright sweet is the reason you didn't like the lighthouse the lack of baby penis <laughs> <laughs>Hi guys, thanks again so much for listening to our podcast. Again, if you enjoyed it, please give us a follow on Spotify, give us a review on Apple Podcasts, and give our Instagram follow at the full feature. Next week on the podcast, we're talking all about virus movies, so make sure to catch it then. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye.